Hi, welcome to Drop Panel Podcast episode 17. You may hear some electrical sounds in this episode. Uh, it's not your headphones, it's not your earphones, it's not your speakers. It's us. Somehow we had some technical difficulties during recording and we don't know how to fix it in post. If you know how to fix it, send us an email to droppandaproductions at gmail.com. Thank you and enjoy. Hey guys, welcome back to the Drop Panel Podcast, a podcast where a group of guys from Melbourne talk about nerdy stuff. Next to me is... Jules, and today I'll be talking about storytelling in board games. Um, we also got a little special guest next to me. I'm not a special guest. I'm not little either, that's a bit rude. <laughs> Ouch. But anyway, yeah, I'm back from like... Yeah, can He's we say the old pack? The old... Uh... Nah, that doesn't exist. We, oh, well. we don't reference that. We don't, we don't talk about that. I, am, I am from the past, but yes, I'm back. What's, yeah. what's your name? Jason, I am back, yes. And what have you got to talk to us about uh, today? Big title games are dead. Well, most games are dead to me, but yeah. <laughs> wow, that's, that's dark. Really nihilistic dark, yes. yes. Let's go there. Well, I will talk about, since we're on you know, the notion of big title games, Pokemon Generation 8 was just announced. Um, and my question is, because so Pokemon's been around for 25 years at yeah. this point, almost. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Um, first game was released in 1996. When is it too old for people to play Pokemon? Because, you know, I, mm. I've, I've, bought, I've bought a Nintendo console solely to play Pokemon games now. Like, I know that there are other games to play on, like, the Switch and the 3DS, but the main reason for me to buy a console for the past two generations was to play Pokemon. All right. Fair enough, yeah. I think it's an interesting way to frame this question because I don't know that there's an... I don't... I don't I'm, I'm not sure there's an age limitation on Pokemon in, in the same way that, you know... There isn't an age limitation on watching Disney movies. Do you know what I mean? Like, okay. it's, a, yeah. it's a family-friendly That's experience a good comparison. That, okay. that anyone should be able to invo- enjoy. Um, and I think, but I think the the thing is, for a lot of older gamers who grew up with Pokemon, it is there's a lot of nostalgia around it, and a yep. lot of like um, going back to um, what you know how how you experienced that game when you were a kid mm-hmm. and at the same time you know a nintendo switch version um this next generation will be the first sort of new generation on on uh quote-unquote grown-up person's hardware do you know what i mean like yeah mm-hmm. a sit down in front of the tv sort of hardware um and i think that's gotten a lot of people excited who may not be like i played uh, early generations of Pokemon way back in the day. So the Game Boy, Game Boy Advance. Yeah, yeah. DS. And, but, but like there's a lot of, a gap, there's a big gap between the ones that I played compared to now. So I haven't actually um, grown up through the series and seen all the new features that were introduced and all mm. that stuff. Um, so for me, um, and, and look, honestly a lot of what was holding me back was that they were always on a handheld console mm-hmm. and and I, I'm not that into handheld gaming yep. necessarily. Mm-hmm. You just you you have to forget that the game that came out last year, Pokemon Let's Go Eevee, Let's Go Pikachu, mm. <laughs> isn't a new isn't like a new generation. It's a remake. No. Mm. Which is why I wasn't excited about that. I'm a little more excited about this one, but still, eh. yeah. the thing is, um, and that one capitalized a lot on Pokemon Go. Yes. Uh, but the thing about Gen A, like uh, they're calling Sword and Shield, um, which I think is cool. They're, they're not colors, but you know. Well, they they, ran, <laughs> they stopped doing colors like two generations. Oh, ago. okay. Well, there you go. See, this is a, this yeah. is what goes to show what yeah. like how in the loop I am. Mm. Um, but it's still Pokemon. That's the Pokemon, <laughs> yes. Jason. Um, yeah, touching on a lot of things that Jill said, it's just. Really, it's a lot of things are just, it's reskinned pretty much. It's the same format again mm. and again. It's just like this time, it's like I imagine it'll be a little prettier. They might, you know, hide a few details better. And in the, since it's the Switch and you got a bit more performance, but 
it's largely just the same thing again. And it's just like, do you want to keep grinding on and on? And yeah. It's just... so, so the core gameplay loop of wander around, capture Pokemon, mm. train them up, go to a gym, beat the gym, beat the gym, get the badge, move on to the next area, be the champion, mm. be the be- very best that no one ever was before. That's been the formula since 1998. Yeah. 1996. However, if they did change like the battle format, like they did with like Final Fantasy and everything, like from when it's like when it went to seven, mm. or like if they changed it somehow, well, like with some seven to I can't remember when they, they changed it next. Was it ten? I think. Yeah. Well, the the formula for Final Fantasy games have still been turn based. Yeah, yeah. Until fifteen. No, 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 no. no. Fourteen. So I think um, which one? I think ten or or eleven. Yeah, I think it's ten or eleven. No. Yeah. Uh, around that time, they moved to a basically you could program it as an AI, mm. um, and so it wasn't. It was still you could engage with it as a menu-based sort of turn-based combat system. Yeah, but you could also just set it up so that any any of the normal fights, not not things that weren't boss fights. Yeah, once you got into them, it'd just play through auto fight. Yeah, an auto fight sort of sequence uh, of events. I don't remember that. But some of them, um, like. Yeah, you could also you could like position yourself differently, and that would affect gameplay in a little way. Yeah. But if that like if that came to Pokemon, that'd be cool. Like, better yet, if like my dream Pokemon is pretty much um, what's the um, one Pokemon game where it's like it's it's like Tekken for Pokemon. Pokken. Yeah, Pokken. Oh wow! If the, if, I've not heard of this. If they did like that for like. Because here's what I was like thinking about yeah. is that sometimes you know playing super smash brothers yeah i'll just set up like a pokemon match and just play. <laughs> and, so and, and, and i do that as well you have pokemon stadium as the map and it's real-time combat and it's and it feels like see and and that's that's you watch the pokemon go and on you and you're playing it and it's like this is what pokemon battling would be like mm. in real life in real time right. and it's like I'm, I'm i'm itching for for you know game freak to go to that sort of model of combat oh yeah um or, or like you know, do a Breath of the Wild and go fully open world and and have a huge adventure in a big open map. That'd where, be sick. You know, it's not like just a sequence of capture the right type of Pokemon, and take it to the gym, and, and beat it. You know, like, mm. and it's it's this gym and then the next gym and then the next gym. Like, I'd like to be able to go to any gym that I want and challenge the the gym leader. And if I don't have the right Pokemon, then that's my fault, <laughs> you know, and I lose. So, like, I think there's such there's so much potential for Pokemon to move in new directions and take on some of the innovations that have come across in other RPGs and in other types of games. And we're still seeing basically the same Pokemon that we've seen for the last 20 years, you know? Right. I wonder if, like, from back view, like, from the developer's view, it's like, if it's don't broke, it's not, it's not, it's not sorry, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Mm. Well, they have the try. They they have been innovative in the last few uh, years. Yeah, yeah, I can say because well, I mean, like, there was a few like what was Rumble? There was what was those other ones? There was Mystery Dungeon. Yeah, that those ones. Yeah, those Mystery Dungeon there ones. There was a Tetris collaboration at one was stage. It? <laughs> Um, oh, we can make a segue for that Tetris. Um, we've got <laughs> we've got Pokken. Yeah, we've got Smash Bros. Yeah. Which is, like, it was Pokemon not, Stadium back yeah. in the day. Oh, oh, it was Pokemon Stadium. That's that's true. Po- Pokemon Snap. Pokemon Snap. Like, come on. Yeah. Bring back Pokemon Snap. Pokemon Go. Po- oh, no, 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 no. That doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> At least we could all agree on that. Yeah. Um, but like, so it it has been innovative over the years. Mm-hmm. But this is like this is for the people. This generation, Sword and Shield, are for the people who want a direct. Core I, I wouldn't game. call it. I wouldn't call it a sequel. Like call, a core game. Yeah. So they just want to play the same thing. This is their again. bread and butter, I guess. Yeah. But do they? <laughs> this mm. is my question. Is like, do the people who have been playing Pokemon games for for that long played every game in the core series? Do they want more of that? Every generation has implemented like a different yes. sort of take on the battle yeah. system. Oh. So last generation was okay. So there were pairs battling. And there, stuff. there were pairs. Yeah, yeah. there were triple swarms battles. And stuff. There were swarms. There was rotation battles at one at one stage. Oh, wow. Um, mega evolutions were introduced. Yeah. 
It's still, it's not that big of a change, though. It's not. Yeah. So you like, you guys want the entire battle mechanic to change? Uh, it'd be really interesting. If not it was necessarily. Like, I just think there's there's a lot more potential than you know than choosing you know quick attack on a menu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I've done enough of that. Right. And, but, I, and again, I haven't played that much of it. I don't understand what people. I don't understand what the the shiny collectors are getting out of it. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's so there's a whole there, there are shiny collectors, there are breeders, <laughs> mm-hmm. there are people who want Ivy exactly Ivy, Ivy, EVs, yeah. Ivy, Ivy trainers. Uh, yeah, I don't like. I mean, what what's it going up to now? We were at eight hundred, right? With last last count, was it? Eight hundred. That's correct. Was it? We are at. Um, you can you can quickly check, but I believe, as tradition goes, total Pokemon Pokemon Sword and Shield will probably introduce an extra hundred. Oh yeah, that's a lot. How many Pokemon? Oh wait, that's 2016. Let's go back. 900. So in Gen One, 151. Gen yes. Two, another additional hundred, so 251. Generation Three was 135. Whoever's counting, you know, just you can count. Generation Four was another 107. So this was um. Quick maths. Which was the one with the Piplup? <laughs> What's the one with Piplup? What's the Piplup Gen Five, I think. What was no? I can't remember the name of the game. Oh, um, Diamond Pearl, sorry. Diamond and Pearl, yeah. Um, generation 5, we got another 156. Generation... Wait, what the... Sh- yeah, Generation 6, you got another 72. And Generation 7, which is the beach one, the Hawaii one, yeah, another Aloha. 86. Right. And Aloha. So, yes, yeah, too many. Too that's, many. That's too many. <laughs> quick quick math. Quick math, Jason, quick math. Eight, I think it's 816, yeah. 816 yeah. per month. That's probably, you know, that's, huge. that's still a large number of Pokemon. It's a bit, yeah. but a bit too many to catch them all. It's like the C- CBF at that stage. Just, yeah. Uh, how many of them are revolutions, though? Oh, but, yeah. You still got to train them up. Yeah, yeah, I know. But it's it's less tedious than trying to actually catch every yeah. single one. Mm. Like, there are plenty of people oh, who wait, have no. a full deck. Decks. Because you're like, you'd, you'd want to... Because, like, training up takes more time than going to catch yeah, it, right? No, actually, no, See. I think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, this is coming to Switch. Yeah. And then we also got the Let's Go games. Yeah. It would be interesting to see if there's a mechanic in Sword and Shield that allows you oh. to, you know, move your Go Pokemon. Okay. Your Let's Go Pokemon into Sword and Shield. I, w- I thought you could do it in um, the Pikachu and Eevee version, couldn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. But it's not, you couldn't actually use them in battle, could you? So you could, I believe you could move your, like from the mobile Go yep. onto Let's Go. Yep, yep. Um, and I think you can use them in battle after you've like moved them around. I thought they got like, you're, they're stuck on a special farm or something. Yeah, I think you, you get them out of the farm. So oh, okay. Grizzly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I sent, sent Pikachu to the farm. <laughs> And, I'm sorry. <laughs> and every every Pokemon game, like every generation um, increase, has allowed you to move uh, monsters from yeah. the previous game onto mm. oh okay to the new one. But this time, the last generation was back in the 3ds. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it's possible like it, it could go through an Nintendo account or something. Yeah. Like so what that. they've done, yeah. what they've done a few years ago, and it wasn't implemented into Let's Go is um, back in, I believe, X and Y, they introduced the Pokemon Bank. It's pretty much oh, right, yeah, the yeah. cloud storage system. You pay right. like five bucks or whatever, and you can just drop all your Pokemon into the cloud, and they stay there. So this would be you know, a good excuse to reintroduce that system yeah. for Generation 8, yeah. for you, to, you, know, for you yeah. to catch them all. Imagine like you... You had that, and you had like a good chunk of all the Pokemon in your bank, and you completely forgot about it. Mm. Yeah. And then you find this location in the game, like when you're about a third of the way through, and they're like, Welcome to the bank. And you go in there, and like, you have all these Pokemon that you completely forgot about. <laughs> like, you know, the five dollars you've spent? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know why this five dollars missing on your bank account every, like, I believe every year? Every year. That's not much. That's not much at all. No. Yeah, you wouldn't even know. It's either five bucks a month or five bucks a year. I knew it was a very low number. Yeah. Five bucks a month, you might notice, but yeah. five bucks a year, you That's wouldn't. nothing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you come around, you wouldn't even realize it's gone. But, like, so me and, me and Jason, actually, I forget, Jason, are you older than me? I think you are. Significantly. Maybe. Possibly. Possibly. Yeah. yeah. Um, would you guys play Pokemon Gen 8? 
It is the first game on a home console. Yeah. A fir- the first Pokemon game on a home console. Yeah. I would not. I would use the Switch to play Tetris 99. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good, isn't it? It is really good, yeah. I'm terrible at it, but I have a lot of fun with it. Um, I think, like, I'm very curious... I, I would wait for reviews and I would wait for streamers to play and see what they're saying. Like, yeah. I'd wait for the discourse to come through because I'm, like, I'm not a diehard Pokemon fan. Like, it's not something that I, I wait like, every Nor am I, to, nor am I, yeah. but it's something I do look forward to every year. Yeah, there you mm. yeah. Like, I'm not those crazy breeders and uh, shiny just, chasers. Just, like, yeah. it is a, um, it's a crowded year for good games i think and this, this year this year I oh, think, jason's, yeah. jason's gonna talk about jason's more of that got, got um, different appearances maybe but i just think it's all yeah it's all shit anyway, anyway. um but yeah I, like i i think the the starters look cool like it's an interesting um it's it's still like the pokemon world is still as interesting as it ever has been yeah. and each each generation the 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 island i guess right is normally based off somewhere in the yes. real world yeah um so the last generation was based off hawaii right mm. the one before then was based Do we know what it is for sword and shield? um so people are saying it's based off great britain right i just want to add something if they did do australia i might play it okay yeah. Can you imagine a kangaroo pokemon it's been there for years yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, it. It's a weird one for me. Yeah. It's just I, I I don't have an answer. I, I see don't both think, of you. Both of you have switches. Here's the thing. I don't have. Mm. Let's go, Eevee or. I don't either. I don't have a switch yet. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, as a switch owner, I'm like that. That didn't excite me enough to make me want to play it. But mm. like, if it turns out that everyone's like going, this is the best Pokemon has ever been. Or, or even if it's the best that it's been for years, then maybe I'll pick it up. And, that's that's um, and, what I and, said yeah. last year when we talked about this last year. Yes, about and I said I would get a go. Switch for this. Yeah. And after looking at the gameplay, it looks great. <laughs> yeah. But I don't. I didn't like the go mechanic, so that's why I didn't buy right. a Switch. So I still don't have a Switch. Yeah. It's just like I, I just, I moving to a new console. Like here's the thing, like. If it was another handheld console and Switch, yes, it is in some ways a handheld console. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a hint in the name, but um, if it was another Game Boy and another edition of Pokemon Four, a Game Boy device, which was only handheld, yeah, I would I wouldn't expect anything more than what we're seeing. The fact that it is moving to the Switch, which is a bit more you know punchy of hardware, and um, better you know capable of so much more that we've already seen from other games and it is still just pokemon um that sort of disappoints me <laughs> you know well that's me that's you yeah like <laughs> I'll, I'll probably like i'll i'll probably do what you suggested look for reviews first yeah but at the moment yeah it is a reason for me to get a switch and here's mm. the thing as well is that like the Pokemon games the difficulty curve is just flat <laughs> and so for a game to interest me at all I, I need to feel some sort of challenge um, that's true you know that's so and, you're doing and, the same thing and mm. the thing is the um, these games to get through the story to, to, to complete them quote unquote you don't need a, a great amount of skill and that's because they are marketed heavily towards Whoa. children Wait till you like, no. wait till you see the competitive scene. Yeah, no, this is what I'm saying is that like outside of the competitive scene. Oh. I I'm not at all interested in the competitive scene. Yeah. Again, like I'm not interested in breeding, I'm not interested interested in IV training or whatever it is. Like all I all I would ever want to do with a Pokemon game is see it through to the end. But it's not challenging enough on that front for me to, to bother. Like I'm sure you can finish Pokemon without ever changing your starter yeah you can get the first five pokemon plus your starter and finish the game <laughs> and i mean that's what happened in like red blue yeah gold i'm yeah. sure i'm sure like that won't change because uh-huh. you know 
kids won't worry about it because they'll get their favorite. Like there, there are going to be kids out there who just want, you know, six Pikachu's on their team. <laughs> Don't ever want to evolve them, mm-hmm. and and the game will be designed to allow them to complete it. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's true. That's true. Um, and and like you know, I, I just I want there to be a hard mode <laughs> to make it to make there have to be some element of strategy. No. towards it otherwise it's just you know it's, n- it's not enough to keep me engaged as a game yeah. mm, fair point alright yeah do you want to I, I think I've not much to say to that it's dead <laughs> yeah oh, sorry Mike, sorry about speaking that speaking of dead games do you want to do you want to pick it up from the, there yeah uh, speaking of dead games I'm not sure if we're going to segue okay this is okay. alright <laughs> so since they were segueing this way dead games I don't know, all games, I feel, are just going, becoming dead to me. Because, I don't know, the genre seems, for most games, sort of shooters, there's always that escalation, like this, the hype point, it's like, or even like novels, you can, you could just predict how it's going to turn out. Right. So, be it Battlefield or yep. Final Fantasy, any, any RPG, really. It's kind of like semi-predictable. Like every game's an RPG now. Yeah. <laughs> well, unless it's like the competitive play and whatnot. Um, yeah. But like... But even then, like, with loot boxes and stuff, mm. there's progression, there's there's permanence with your sort of build, you know, with, with the Call of Duty stuff. Ugh. It's in some ways, everything is an RPG. I've talked like, about this uh, before, sports games oh, are RPGs. We don't, we don't no, no, no. <laughs> nah, it's like... I mean, yeah, it's, but the thing is... Okay, if you want to play it for the loot blocks, it's fair enough. It becomes an RPG, but if not, it's a standard sports game. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just like a lot of things become predictable. It's like you can always foresee what's going to happen. And the only thing that really engages you, like these days, from my opinion, is like competitive play or a really, really good story. Yeah. Or maybe there's like a few unique ones, like um, like some of the indie games. Right. Um, Yeah. But so, then, so what specifically, like, is, is there a specific example of a game that... Like, what was the last game you played? Yeah. Okay, this isn't the, the best one. Tri- AAA or, or whatever. Last AAA game I played. No, I actually know Destiny's not AAA. Oh, uh, I mean, yeah. yeah. I think, it's, I think yeah. it is. Yeah, it's, it's well, really that became a cash sink and it wasn't... Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, wait. Oh, it's No Man's Sky. Does No Man's Sky also count? Oh, yeah. You can, you yeah. can bring that up that, for sure. It's yeah. not... That's, it's not that, that was, it's that, a small team, but, yeah. like... There's a lot. You know, it's like after the three... When, how long ago was it released? Three years, almost? Yeah. Well, I have a long... But that was a big update, like a year later. Yeah, okay. Afterwards, it kind of redeemed itself. It's, mm-hmm. Content-wise, it, it did come back. But in terms of triple gate games, my opinion is, is that... How many features are you going to add to it before it actually becomes amazing to play? It's like entertaining, but it's not amazing because you want that thing that blows your mind. Like it just it didn't like these games don't blow your mind as like they used to. No, no, yeah. I know what you mean. I think have you played Anthem yet? I don't want to touch it with a ten foot okay, pole. Okay. Um, <laughs> it looks cool though. It looks it's, cool. The idea is cool, but here's it's the thing though. Yeah, I um, it's fun to play in the moment, but so so the the minute to minute gameplay. So you have played it. Around the, yeah, I have played it. Okay. When you're out in the world, like flying around, shooting stuff, everything feels really good. Mm-hmm. It's probably one of the better sort of um, how you put it. It's it's a better flight mechanic in terms of games that allow you to both walk and fly mm. than I've ever seen in in any game that's attempted that sort of thing. Um, it just feels really natural and feels really good. Um, but then, like the the sort of meta layer of of um, the 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 larger gameplay loop is kind of tedious and boring, and I'm I'm actually at a point in it where it it hasn't revealed to me the objective that I'm meant to be looking for at the moment. Mm-hmm. So I'm about like three or four hours in, and and I'm wandering aimlessly, and that's kind of annoying. <laughs> um, I, and like. So there's this weird sort of disconnect between um, the very polished sort of um, moment-to-moment gameplay and then, like, 
the directionlessness of, of everything else about it. Like, I'm not interested in the characters that it wants me to talk to, and um, I'm not interested in spending much time in the sort of home base that it's introduced. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's a hard one for me to keep picking up and playing, um, for, and especially for long periods of time, which I feel like uh, it's the type of game they want people to, to sit with for a while and, and continue through missions and, and keep playing. But like, I want to play one mission, fly around, shoot some things, and then be done. <laughs> um, I don't, I'm not even excited when I pick up new loot and stuff, you know, because it is one of those games where that's a big part of the gameplay. There is, sure. there is, you know, comfort in knowing that when a game does come out and you're expecting a certain mechanic um, to be there, mm-hmm. but a lot more polished, mm. um, there is that, like, excitement. So right now I'm playing Kingdom Hearts 3, right? Yeah. The core of Kingdom Hearts 3, without spoiling it too much is that it's taken mechanics from all all the other Kingdom Hearts games and has placed it into this one game right um, like I've, I've, I've played these mechanics before um, yeah. it's not anything new but it's good to know that it's been polished mm-hmm. enough to the point where it's a bit more enjoyable because mm-hmm. Jason like we talked about this you're playing it now right no no no, no? not me right my girlfriend's playing it. Okay. Oh, yeah. And so you've she... seen a bit of it. More yeah. than enough. Okay. Okay. Yep. <laughs> but as a, like, did, did you play any of the previous games? Just played the one on the DS. Um, mm-hmm. Do you, th- like, from, I'm assuming you watch, do you watch your girlfriend play? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, do you, does it look like a game that you would play? Because at its core, Kingdom Hearts is still a hack and slash game. Yeah, I'd still play it. I mean, I'd... It looks beautiful. I wouldn't put it. It is beautiful. Yeah. So like my, my experience with Kingdom Hearts is like I actually same as you, I think I played one of the DS games mm. and only a little bit of it. I think Chain of Memories or something like that. Oh, that's yeah. Very, yeah, yeah. The mechanics of that are completely different. No, I understand. Yeah. I know that. Um and I knew that at the time, even when I was playing it when it was new. But um now with Kingdom Hearts three's release, I actually bought the big package for PlayStation, which has all of the games. Right. And I started from scratch. And I've gotten through, at this point, the first one. Yep. And I'm in Chain of Memories. I'm not really sure if I need to continue playing it because it doesn't seem all that connected to everything else. But like, I'm interested in the story because I think, especially um, at the end of the first game, it really reveals itself as it's not... Here's the thing, like... It blows my mind because, and, and I understand this from the from the discourse mm-hmm. surrounding it. Like the, it's, it's you you go in thinking this is the Disney game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the Disney game. This is a Square this Enix is, game. This, this is, is Japanese. Dis- no, it's a Square Enix game way before it's a Disney game. It it features Disney characters. Yeah, but at its core, it's a mad, bonkers, actual like crazy story. Wait till you, wait till mm-hmm. you play two, dude. I'm excited. Right. <laughs> I want to get there. Right. But, but like, it's so Japanese. <laughs> and, and to see, actually to see, like, um, you know, Mickey Mouse involved in a very Japanese story, like, this <laughs> is quite exciting and fun. Yeah. Um, the gameplay is, is what it is. I think uh, probably it gets way more polished as mm-hmm. the series progresses. The first one is just, you know, it's fine. Yeah. It is what it is. Um, but I don't think anyone's there for the combat. I think if we go back to Jason's original question, I think it depends on the publisher yeah, and mm-hmm. what they want to release and yeah. what their end goal is in terms of yeah. games, story, profit. Yeah. Probably mainly profit. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, Kingdom Hearts 3 has had a, a bazillion year freaking development journey, hasn't it? Like 13 years. Yeah. But, but there have been various... Yeah, side mm-hmm. side games, prequels and all that. Prequel stuff. games on different consoles before. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and it was delayed at one stage. Um, so yeah, you know, like at at this point, I'm not disappointed at all. Yeah, and you know we can consider it as a triple A game. Right, because it Absolutely. is coming from a triple A. Um, it is coming from a triple A. Yeah. Um, Publisher? Yeah. Um, yeah, so here's the thing with Anthem is that you, you 
gives a distinct impression. Like they spend a lot of time and a lot of energy, as I said, getting the, the core sort of minute to minute gameplay mechanics down. But everything outside of that feels like it was very rushed and unpolished and and like maybe after a year of patching it'll turn into the game that it shows potential of being. But it's it just it's weird. It's a strange experience to play that. I haven't played any uh, I haven't played any any anthem. Yeah. But the, the reviews and the videos that I've seen of it right now are that it looks like an Iron Man simulator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and it is to a certain extent. Yeah. And like there are four different types of Iron Man suits that you can wear. It's kinda cool. But it's also it's weird because you don't get to freely like when you create your character you get to choose one. And then after eight levels, you get to choose another. And then it's like, why wouldn't you just let us be whatever Iron Man suit that we want whenever we want? It's because yeah. like you get used the thing is I got to level eight and I was like, Oh, I can choose a second suit but I'm pretty comfortable with how this one works and mm -hmm. um, I ended up choosing another one just because like when you drop into a mission you're always um, matched up with other players right I kept seeing the same suits everywhere and there was one that I was using so I was like you know I'm going to switch things up because everybody else like it seems like there's not as much diversity in, in the armor types mm -hmm. um, this is getting really into the nitty gritty of it but like when I did that I saw the same, I, I saw the new suit that I had picked up over and over again as well. I was like, I can't get away from being in a team which has the same suit four times. <laughs> it's really annoying. I'm like, why isn't the what matchmaking is putting me on a team with different suits? <laughs> so it just defeats the purpose of it. Yeah, I know. It's, it's just like, because there's a thing like there are interesting interactions between different suits. Mm -hmm. if, you, if the team composition is good, then you get more opportunities to do like combo attacks and stuff. I don't know if any of you have played a Bioware sort of multiplayer mode or even just, you know, Mass Effect. Um, in Mass Effect, especially Mass Effect 2 and 3, like there were primer skills and then there were detonator skills. And so like you might have one character light uh, someone on, on fire mm -hmm. and then the next person has some sort of detonator which like makes that fire explode and, and hit other people in an area of, area of effect. And Anthem works the same way, exactly yeah. the same way. Um, but if your team composition is such that everyone's only got detonators and nobody's got primers, then those combos just don't happen. Mm. And it's really frustrating. <laughs> um, Might as well play Warframe at that stage. Well, yeah. And yeah, Warframe is good too, yeah. <laughs> but is Warframe um, a triple A game? No. No. No, yeah. but it has been in development for a long, long, long time, mm -hmm. and it's still it's, going, and it's still going. Yeah, because I remember playing Warframe back in beta. Yeah, it was you know it, it wasn't polished enough yeah. then, but now like because I played the beta and I didn't have a good experience in the beta. Right, I haven't picked it up since. Yeah, mm. um, that's fair. Um, but it is um, it, it it for for a game like again Warframe is free. Apex Legends is free, mm -hmm. and it's, it's very well polished, right. and it will only get more polished. Anthem costs a lot of money to yep. buy, like, or, mm -hmm. or the standard amount of money for a new like, AAA game. $90. Yeah, and it's not as polished as those other games. <laughs> so it's like, what, what was missing here? I think they got rushed out the door, maybe, yeah. or something happened. But anyway... Um, yeah, a Apex Legends came out of nowhere though. It, well, it's a Titanfall 2 team. They didn't do much marketing until the Super Bowl. And suddenly they said, hey, you can go and play this now. Um, <laughs> which is incredible. Like, yeah, you're right. It sort of dropped out of nowhere. And yeah. It's competing with, you know, the PUBGs and Fortnites of the yeah. world. Yep. And, and doing solidly in that space. Yeah. Um, uh, it's arguable whether Tetris 99 is, <laughs> is in that pool as well. If it actually ever gets to that stage, I wouldn't mind playing it competitively. <laughs> it is quite addict addictive, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, the, yeah, the Battle Royale space is getting more yeah. and more interesting, I think. Mm. Uh, I actually didn't know that that would be the case when it first started. Um, because it seemed a bit gimmicky, but like, yeah, there are some interesting innovations happening. Mm -hmm. So it's not a bad thing. Yeah, I, I, the, I don't think there is a triple A. I mean, 
Call of Duty had a Battle Royale mode that... That was a flop, wasn't it? I don't think it did very well. It didn't mm. last. Um, probably doesn't have a player base now that well, so, its competitors do. So, Jason, are you, are you just turned off by games in general now? Or are you very, like, picky when you pick up a game? I am picky. Yeah. yeah. Because apparently there's this one indie game, which is somewhat... It's uh, almost survival-based. It's like, and some have referred it to like an open world. I'm not talking about Daisy, right? No, no, it's like an open world um, Dark Souls in some ways. And it's, uh, they, they, they try to make it like fantasy as it's realistic as it should be. Um, oh, man, I can't find it right now. Yeah. But give me two minutes to just talk about something. Okay. <laughs> but, but it's a smaller indie game. So yeah. I, I don't disagree. Like some of the interesting innovations that are happening in those like smaller teams and, and, um, lower budget games um and, and let's not forget that PUBG sort of fit that description when it mm-hmm. first launched yeah and now it's it's started this movement where a lot of other developers are, are jumping on this um battle royale bandwagon mm-hmm. um so you know like there's there's some validity to the idea that um the AAA game space is is a bit stagnant I feel like that's always been the case because yeah. if you were to look back, AAA games have always been a thing, but they've always been you know the middle tier, yeah. and then you've got the indies. Yeah. In that middle tier, I would say maybe I don't know when did we when did we start the battle royale sort of movement like three four years ago? Yeah, yeah, you you could say something yeah. Like that, yeah. So before then, we had the mobas of the world. That's true. We had the Dada. We had the lols. Yeah. Um, we had Heroes. What, what was what was Han standing for? Han Heroes of Net. Heroes of New World. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. See, like, like that's just dead at this point. Yeah. No one talks about Han anymore. Dude, it's still Lol and Dada. Yeah. Right. That's sure. What happened to Han? It's still auto chess now. You seen auto chess? Of Dada? Yeah. I've I've heard of Dada chess. I haven't <laughs> seen anything about it's it yet. Very strange. Um, but that that mo- like that's still there. Yeah. And that was you know the movement if you want to call it back in. The late 2010s. Yeah. Well, the early 2010s. We're yeah. in the late 2010s now. Um, so, you know, once this Battle Royale movement is over, in the next, I don't know, give it another five, ten years, Yeah. we're going to have something else. Yeah. Yeah. And then there'll be a Tetris version of that, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably. Um, but AAA games will always be, you know, there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and uh, here's the thing is that you have to remember that these, they're, in general, they're long development processes. They're big, slow-moving boats yeah. that are hard to turn. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, So the games that are coming out in a year and a half, two years from now, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the middle of their development yep. currently, and um, probably won't change much in terms of their gameplay from where they're at yeah. now. So something comes out like um, Apex Legends. Um, Would have been in production for years. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. And, you know, this is this is like the resources that were probably going to go into Titanfall 3 got channeled into that. Yeah. Um, at some point in its development, probably when PUBG came out or Fortnite became popular. Um, so... It means we're waiting a little bit longer for a Titanfall three, mm-hmm. um, if we ever get one, because Titanfall two didn't do so well. Yeah, despite being a well reviewed game, I never played it myself. I but, played one. I yeah. enjoyed one. Yeah. So this is the thing: is that like in the AAA space, it takes a long time for decisions to happen. And these are like million, million, yeah. million dollar games. Oh yeah, 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 huge. And and to expect innovations maybe might be a bit much. Um, because, you know, most of the development time is spent on, like, creating assets and all that stuff. Uh, but we did um, get Spider-Man. That was a AAA game. And that was great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... But we were, like, we knew what we were getting. We were getting a guy who could, you know, swing around yeah. New York. That's true. And, and here's mm-hmm. the thing as well is that, like, you're not going to see much from original IP as well um, in this sort of um, space. Like, Anthem is the biggest original IP for a long time. Um so I'm trying to think of another one. I found the name of the game. It's called Outward. Okay. Outward. Yeah. Um, 
but like most of what we see are sequels and or like you know things that are associated with with existing IPs. Um, we've we've mentioned Kingdom Hearts three. That's, yeah, that's a sequel. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. like, um, yeah. So maybe like in terms of um, the question of whether the 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 AAA game space is dying or or um, at least stagnating, it should be unsurprising mm-hmm. given what we've discussed. No, I still don't think like the the the, the category of AAA games will always still be there as long oh, as no 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 I I don't disagree. What I'm mm-hmm. saying is that like. Um, if it fails to excite us in the future, there's a good reason for it. You That's know? true. Yeah. It'd be interesting if I ever see VR become yeah. mainstream. I mean, like, yeah. VR's been off for a while. No, but mainstream. But, we're, yeah. So, this year we'll, we'll start to see um, single device VR headsets that, that don't connect to anything, like no cables. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Oculus Quest. Oh no, okay. Look it up if you haven't uh, heard of it. It's coming out soonish. Okay. Um, yeah, so that space might blow up, like, because the the big thing that holds it back is the fact you need a big beefcake computer mm-hmm. to power these things. Yeah. If you could just drop six hundred. Wait, so these are device. these are different to you know those devices where you plug your phone into. Yeah, the, completely the, different. So okay. that that is a very limited experience. Yeah. Um, I've tried that, um, but you don't get, you don't get what you would get from like proper um, HTC Vive or Oculus. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very interesting if like the VR yeah. headset becomes their own device as to what the, you know, what, how do we interface with it? Yeah. Because if we get a controller, yeah. do we identify it as a console? Right, I see what you're saying. Do we, if this is like, do we? It's ha- definitely going to be. If it has a remote, is it a home entertainment mm. sort of mm. device like a TV? Yeah. Does it have um, yeah, no, interfaces on the sides? Is it a sound device? It's like, how do we, how it's, do we categorize It's interesting this? that you mentioned that, like, one of the use cases for the, like, the plug your phone in style of um, headset yep. is just as a as a like you can click it over you, you do get a device that is more like a remote than a controller and you can use it as a remote for a Netflix app in VR where like you get in a virtual Netflix sort of cinema um, cinema yeah mm-hmm. which is sort of strange <laughs> but um but like that's a possibility and and you you're not wrong like they're going to be it's, it it might be a general purpose device like the PC was sort of in the, the 90s and 2000s, which is capable of doing productivity things as well as uh, entertainment things and, um, and, and passive forms of entertainment as well as active forms of entertainment. So it could be interesting to see. Um, anyway, we've been well off topic. No, I was, no, <laughs> I, I kind of almost want to continue the topic. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, it would be interesting. It's like you could have like have a massive screen. I looked into it, like because like, is it worth more money getting an additional screen, or should I just get one of these and have infinite screens? Yeah, mm. yeah. But do you want to share your screen, or do you want the screen for yourself? Oh, all for myself. I just want like 50, like fifty windows open or whatever. <laughs> Or just like have one massive window in the distance. You just want to be swimming through the internet. Oh, pretty much. Oh, yeah, that'd be pretty neat. No, it's like not tabs even, just like different displays open. It's okay, yeah, YouTube yeah. there, Word document over there, whatever. That sounds um, like a nightmare, but okay. It's <laughs> like a huge cinema movie in the background. That'd be, it'd be neat, but just uh, currently at the moment from what I've seen, it's pretty still, actually, no, still very underdeveloped. underdeveloped yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be a while, like it'll be a while, but... Um, Apparently, like the the games and apps for for VR are getting really good. Oh damn! There's like a lot going on. I played Resident Evil on uh, PS yeah. PSVR the other day. How mm. was it? I kind of shot myself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like two minutes into, like I'm done. I'm done. That's a creepy enough game. Yeah. That is yeah. true. I'm like, nope. <laughs> was that my cousin's place? Like, nope. I'm not touching this again. Uh, did you did you ever try any of any other VR games? Or? I tried on um, Beat Table. Be- oh, cool. I, oh, dude, yeah. I actually, I actually want to, so I actually want to play Beat Saber, mm-hmm. yeah. and it was worth it. You know? mm-hmm. It is, it is what it like, what it promised to be. That's awesome. Yeah. I like to hear that. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Oh, what other VR games? 
I just I wondered how like how good VR shooters would be. Yeah, like, there's, there's still an issue with motion sickness. Apparently. That it, oh yeah, because like like your character's moving it's, but you're stationary. And yeah, everything. it's yeah. weird. It's a even like because I did um a couple of, couple of years ago now maybe yeah um I did a um like you, there are like VR studios you can just go to and, and try stuff out mm. and just the idea like. There were moments I wanted to look at my watch and obviously my watch isn't in the game or in, in the VR space mm. and like just fun realizing that my body wasn't in the VR space was just, it kind of tripped me out a little bit. It didn't make me sick or anything, but I understand how people can um, freak out. So there's a, um, as a, as a, for the studio mm-hmm. court mm-hmm. in, um, in Melbourne Hill. Yep where it's they're in a warehouse ah yeah i know the one you're talking about yeah i think there are a few now yeah yeah so this one's called zero latency yep that's the one oh yeah yeah yeah. okay so so have you guys been to zero latency not yet have you done it i've I've done it once um so it's an entire warehouse Mm -hmm. the warehouse is rigged as a three as a as a vr environment yeah um and you get to choose your game Mm -hmm. so you can play as you know like space i think it's space pirates where you shoot down like machines and robots and yeah. stuff the other one is you're in um you're in kind of like a call of duty where you kill zombies yeah um and the entire environment is the warehouse yeah so like you were saying before you don't you can't you can't feel right you can't feel the other you know parts of your body right everything you see so you are walking around you are walking yeah. around and you do see people around you yeah. walking mm-hmm. around as well but that's just, you know, that's just that environment. Yeah. Nothing but your eyes and your, you know, your two fingers that are holding the trigger. Right. But I thought they give you there. walls for boundaries, don't they? Like, there, there is, like, yeah. there is a boundary. It would there. have to be. Um, but that's built into the environment. Mm. Yeah. So you're seeing, like, you're seeing something you can't yeah. come across. And, and there will be a physical wall in the real space. Yeah, in yeah. some degree. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. You have a matrix moment. You have a matrix moment and you just think, you know, yeah. there's no spoon or whatever. No, this is whatever. It's just like, this, there is no wall. And you're just like, you bolt into the wall. But yeah. Um, That'd be funny. But yeah. No, I, I'd be interested in giving that a go. It's, uh, not, it's not overly expensive and it's not overly cheap. It mm-hmm. is worth an experience though. How long is it though? How long do you I have? think it's about, um, I remember going for about an hour, an hour and a half. For I can't know, like eighty seventy dollars or something. Oh, that's all right. It's okay. Something some of that, but you get to play like it's not just a one game. It's yeah, your choice you of one, one to two games. That's yeah. all right. In different zones. Did you go with a group of people? Yeah, I went for my uh, I went for mates twenty eighth or something. Yeah. Mm. Um. So that was that was definitely. Actually, it was thirtieth. I went for his thirtieth, but yeah, no, it's it's. I'm pretty sure they're still around and they're creating new games. Yeah. Like every. Yeah, I still see ads for it all the time. It's yeah. worth no, going. On that note, zero latency sponsors. <laughs> That'd be pretty neat, free entry. But have you seen like on the topic of VR? You've seen like those crappy ones pop up like at MC or oh yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever, whatever super uh, yeah. mall or oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm so suspicious about them. Yeah, they look a bit bad. The, the, the <laughs> VR Probably. pods. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like you sit in a, an egg pod and then ten dollars a ride. Yeah. Oh, I also like a sh- it. It reminds me of like, um, like the arcades used to have big sort of fake, like virtual roller coaster machines that you'd go mm-hmm. inside, and it's just a big screen, and the whole thing has yeah. on hydraulics. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's just a smaller scale version of that with a VR headset. Uh, I've got a really shitty example which I've saw on the internet. So it was pretty much I'm not sure it was in some southeastern country. So they pretty much they have a Vive that they give the user, and it's it's one of those um. VR roller coasters, except they've got like this like this metal stand where the user goes in, and there's so there's this guy recording from the back, and the metal stand is picked up from by two people, and they're just watching the VR the screen and just trying to recreate the movements of That's just happening hilarious. in the VR, and it's like I mean. People, yeah, pretty. It's pretty much what the, the whole rig. The trolley is like moving up, <laughs> tilting it forward. However, it's like, and the users, you, you can see like whoever's in it is just like pretend, like screaming, not pretend screaming. It was like, it's like, it was like, ooh, VR. <laughs> so it's like, um, yeah, it's yeah. just. I mean, it's like kudos to them, like for finding a way to profit. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, yeah it's funny. All right, so moving on. Um, my topic is something that I am excited about talking in the game space. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a board game. Um, uh, I've been playing through a campaign board game with my friends called Detective. And basically, it's um, it's a it's a mystery. There are five cases in total, so we've done four out of five. Mm-hmm. They're all sort of linked, and what happens is um, the you're you're given a deck of cards, and then you're given a case book which introduces the case that you're on, and at the end of the the introduction, it says you you have these leads that you can follow. Right, and each lead is a card in the deck. Mm-hmm. So basically, um, it'll be like you should research this this person. You can you can look at card number blah blah blah, or you can interview this other person. You know, we've got this guy in custody. You can you can do an interview with him, um, and that'll be a different card number. And the main resource is time. So every action that you perform, more or less, will cost you some amount of hours, and there are only a certain amount of hours you can proceed through the case um, before you have to um, come up with some sort of a solution of what's happened. Um, what's exciting about this is that it's a board game with a story. And like when you talk about board games normally, like you might talk about Monopoly. And if you were going to explain Monopoly to someone who has never played Monopoly, you would do what I just did with Detective. You would go over like the sort of setup of the board and, mm-hmm. and the rules and what happens. So you roll some dice, you walk, go around the board, you buy properties, right? Um, whereas with Detective, because it's a, a narrative, I could tell you about like we um, we found uh, we found out about a murder that happened in 1967 that was never solved, and then we investigated around, found out who. Um, was responsible for the murder and why and how they were connected to a, um, a group of individuals who were all part of the same unit uh, of, of in, in, in World War Two, who more like may or may not have been involved with smuggling Nazis across the border. <laughs> yeah, toward to allied countries. There's some fun sounds in here today. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so like I can't remember ever being able to talk about a board game in this way where like things happen and we discover things and we put two and two together and we, we um, you know, um, uncovered a hidden story between the lines. It's, it's so fascinating and, and, and interesting and unique. And um, I guess like I'm wondering like even in video games you know like most video games you play something like Red Dead Redemption and you get cutscenes which tell you exactly what's going on with all the characters mm-hmm. at any given time like there's not much going on between the lines um, and there's not much sort of, of a mystery for you to sort of uncover that isn't presented to you directly um, yeah and, and to me this is super exciting and interesting I'm going after this podcast recording to play the last mission and finally wrap up the whole story and like there are so many questions and i'm so excited but um i'm interested to to hear if you guys have ever had uh, any sort of experience like that where um uh, uh where there's indirect storytelling in a game or or even a novel or something like that where you won't give them the full details, but you understand that there's a, a hidden layer of depth. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could you could argue that Kingdom Hearts has this in some respects because um, you have to pay a lot of close attention to a lot of small details if you really want to understand what's going on. With I still don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just there's so, so so many convolutions. Right? Yeah, um, you know, like uh, do you guys have any experiences like that? Oh, deeper story. Something it's just it, it's it escapes me right now. Yeah. And just from like what you sounded the sound of what you told me is is it seems like um how do I say Detective Dungeon and Dragons almost. It is. Yeah. It, 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 in some ways, it, it it very much is that. I'm yeah. wondering, do you have to roll for anything? No. Mm-hmm. So um the the besides time, there's there are other resources which come in the form of um, is investigator tokens. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's one with them 
magnifying glass, which yeah, means yeah, like yeah. You, you can hunt for clues in, in a given location. Um, but but what it is is that at the bottom of some of the cards, there is an opportunity to see more information, which you can only take at that time. Mm-hmm. So you run into someone who who mentions like, oh, I already talked to the cops last week. Uh, I told them everything I know. And like you can spend a token to ask him more about that. Mm-hmm. But if you move on to the next lead, the next card, then you've missed that opportunity. Ah. Um, <clears throat> so so that's one way in which you, you can sort of um, get more information out okay, of okay. different things. Um, but yeah, there's no, there's no luck element to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all about making the right decision to follow the right leads. And I'll tell you, when we first started, the first case we played, so here's how it assesses you. Because there's also an online element. Oh, okay. You log into a website, and um, at various points, some of the, the cards might give you evidence, or it might tell you to look up in the database a certain person, mm-hmm. so you can bring up their dossier and like find out how old they are and what their blood type is and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> or the other thing that it does is if you get a fingerprint or DNA evidence, you can plug it in, mm-hmm. see if it matches with some other fingerprints that you've already found. Um, but at the end of every mission, you have to click a button that says put in your final report. And it leads you to a multiple choice questionnaire, which asks you questions that um, like none of the cards have given you any information about. You have to have made the connections mm-hmm. between discrete pieces of information to figure out what the answer to these questions are. Um, so it encourages you to tell a story in your own head. And and I was going to say, like the first mission we did, we failed horribly. We we got like five out of twenty six or something wow. like that. And um and there and there was a big red writing. You failed. And we're like, all right, well, we'll just move on because we can't really replay this. So the way the way you describe it, at its core, it's a board game. Yeah. But it also uses, like, an online website. Yep. So would you classify that as a video game or hybrid? I think actually it's an interesting question because there's. If a different sort of a developer had made this game, probably they could have put the entire thing online and it could have just been like an online sort of role-playing game. Yeah. Um, the fact that you're encouraged to play on a team with collaborators, and like it's funny because none of the resources, all the resources that are expendable is in a shared pool. You don't have, I don't have my character who has $200 of my own money mm-hmm. to spend at my discretion. Everybody shares the same stuff. So when you make a decision to spend some token or spend some time, it's everybody's, like it's sort of a, a consensus that gets you there. Um, so, but I think like if it was a strictly online game, it'd be missing a lot. Like a lot of people would just play it single player. Yep. Mm-hmm. And and you'd miss a lot of the so a lot of the exciting moments when we're, when I've been playing with my friends, uh, when someone has made a connection that nobody else had gotten to yet, or because like my friend Tim is is making a like a a murder map um, on on a big sheet of paper, and like doing these connect the dots little um, uh, you know connections between parents and children and like collaborators and stuff like that and and we suddenly realize hey this person was in this place at this time it could have been them that did this thing um and and you know i don't think if it was strictly an online game um you would get that that sense out of it like that feeling of excitement like when somebody's like "Uh uh-huh the feeling of discovery feeling of discovering something that the game doesn't want to tell us Mm -hmm. you know like um so I would definitely say it would work, it would really only work as a board game um, or if it was sort of translated into a digital version, which a lot of board games are being done now nowadays, it wouldn't have the same level of excitement, mm-hmm. I think, as playing it around a table with friends. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, it, it's definitely, again, like, by the same token, you can't... 
imagine doing it without the online element, especially since at certain points um, the game will encourage you to Google things from the wider internet. In, it'll say something so like... So it's multi-purpose. You're learning about stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we're like... Um, it'll say, you know, you should look up... Oh, this, this character was involved in, you know, Operation... Um, I can't remember the name. Like Operation um, Delta Strike or something like that. You know, some, some name of a thing. And you can Google mm-hmm. that and you get the Wikipedia page which tells you... This is an operation that happened at the border between Poland and whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, oh shit, that person was at the Nazi border. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, like, and then there was a really interesting one, a couple of, um, of missions, like the second last mission we did, um, which was about a bomb threat in the city. Mm-hmm. And the game is based in the city of Richmond, Virginia, in the US, okay. actual city. And the bomb threat included like a ransom note, which was a puzzle that required you to look at a Google map of Richmond, Virginia, mm-hmm. and associate the words in the riddle with uh, locations and rivers and roads and bridges and things like that to try and figure out where on the map, on the real map of the real world, Richmond, mm. this bomb was planted. <laughs> Um, and you know, so in that sense, you couldn't play the board game element without the internet. You mm-hmm. can't, and you know, as I said before, you can't really oh, do the there's, internet. So there's, a, there's a question to be asked about like the creators of this game. I feel like there's a huge historical element to it. Oh yeah, like the guys who made this game feel like they are they are historians in a way. I think it's a. Polish it's a very Polish name on the on the box but I mm-hmm. can't remember what it is yeah. I could probably find out but um, definitely European but the, yeah so there's a lot of you know but yeah like it does link with history with historical events yeah, yeah. But for whatever reason you're playing during a blackout <laughs> I was like oh, oh there's no reception you're stuffed Oh, yeah. It's, the, no, it's not playing the game. So yeah. the internet connection at my friend's place is a bit spotty sometimes. And, yeah. like, anytime like, the internet goes down, we have to look up something. So, like, yeah, you, in, in, that case, in that case, you can't call it, like I said before, you can't call it a normal no. board mm. game. No. Because, you know, we... That, uh, I don't think so. But one, one of the perks of the board games time, is that. It's, it's, um, it's, it's innovative in both directions. Mm-hmm. It, it's a true hybrid. Like, you can't... You can't... You can't play without one or the other. Exactly, yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's great. Um, yeah, I encourage you to check it out. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. So you have no net. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 Oh. Well, hey, we, it's kind of hard to not have internet these days. Oh, true. Yeah. But it's like... Because you can get away with, you know, playing it on the small screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. On, on your sure. phone. It's like... I'm just... All you had was your phone and your phone still got an internet connection. You can still... Yeah. 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 And quite often, actually, we'll, like, because I play with a group of five people, including myself, and we'll all be on our phones researching different things. <laughs> we'll all be looking at different database entries, trying to find different connections. So, um, you know, it's not, um, it's not a single screen game either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just feel like playing board games now. Why are we here? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want yeah. to join them afterwards? <laughs> nah, it's like, you're mid-mission right now, right? Um, yeah, so we're about to yeah. do the final, and, and like in order to progress, like in order to, to be able to play a mission, you, you sort of need the context of the other missions that you've played, um, which is another fascinating element of it. Like the, the, the whole story carries on through, um, and actually, um, sometimes you, if you play the cards correctly, you'll be given a card that goes into the next mission that you read at the start of that mission so you get some extra information maybe an extra resource um which is really cool as well one way of connecting through and like the the big tragedy of the way we've gotten through it is like i said we weren't very good in the first session which means we probably missed some opportunities to get some more information downstream Mm -hmm. and it may have influenced how we sort of perceive this whole overarching mystery but I mean, we have gotten much better at it, and like um, in our last, in the last mission we did, we got something like um, 
30 out of 40 points, which is a very good score. Like, yeah. the, the game creators don't expect you to be able to answer everything correctly, so... Mm-hmm. Um, but is there much is there much replay value in this? Well, like, so once you've okay. finished all five missions, can you go back with a new group of people? I think or the same group of people and go. You wouldn't. This do is what it you missed with the same group of people. I think if I were to ever do it again, it would be a whole set of new people, and I would try and sit back and let them play it and just watch how they play. But the missions the are still history. the same, though. The missions will be exactly the same. Mm. Yes. Um, but I will say this was a very popular board game. Like it only got released in October last year and it's very highly rated. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would be surprised if there wasn't an expansion by the end of this year, which gives you a whole new set of missions to, to play through. Um, you know, like it's not one that I will finish and then be done with. Be done with. Like I'll keep the board and I'll, I'll hope for something new. You know, so I hope for a new announcement because, like, it's been such a good experience. And I do think, like, maybe after the, uh, a distance of a couple of years, I might be able to play back through the same mission with the same people and, and um, you know, knowing what we know in terms of how to play the game, we might find some new um, avenues of investigation that we didn't do the first time around. Um, but yeah, like, you're not wrong. Like, it's... Um, sort of like reading a book that you've read before or whatever like but there is like with well, like depending on the book yeah there are there, you do learn a few extra things along the way yeah yeah and you would for this for sure because mm-hmm. there's you get a deck of about 35 cards with each mission you probably go through 20 of them yeah. mm-hmm. and so there are 15 cards that you've never seen so um it's it's possible that you could have a good time playing it a second time but i'm not sure cool mm-hmm. anyway We'll, we'll play someday. Maybe. Someday. No. Yeah. All right. Wrap this up, guys. Yeah. yeah let's wrap, wrap it up. up. Let's Thank give it a wrap. That went really well. Thanks for Thank coming. You. Again, Thank you. Thank you for inviting me back. Hopefully, we'll see more of you. <laughs> yeah. Sure. We've been for trying sure. to get you on for like the last six months. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, we'll catch you next time. If you want to listen to more episodes, you can find us on Google Play, uh, Facebook, Facebook mm-hmm. um, the iTunes podcast app. Mm. Um, Pocketcast, and if you want to be like six episodes behind YouTube, <laughs> catch you guys next time. Thank Alrighty. you. Goodbye. Bye.